It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Laura Pereno. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days, as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at lauraparenoministries.com. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. Debbie and I are so excited to be in a new season with you all as we've entered the month of March. We have had so much fun, and I'll tell you, the month of February where we had the opportunity to talk about relationships and really share time with Lisa Smith and Missy Elliott, I know it was an encouragement to me. I know it was to you too, Deb, and I hope it was to our listeners. For all that God is doing in our families and our communities in this time, isn't it interesting where maybe we haven't been together physically as much as we've wanted to or desired to, yet God continues to shape us and show us how to have relationships in this new season that we're in. So we're really grateful for you being a part with us today. We are starting on this new journey Uh, toward growth. And our next few months, uh, March and April, we're going to be focusing on the topic of growth. Now, if you were part of the Beyond Women's Conference a few years back, Debbie and I had the opportunity to have a women's conference where Grow Beyond was our topic. And so we, we really had so much fun with plants and different different concepts and visuals uh, that day. And we're going to go back into some of those archives and kind of pull up the teaching from those moments and then add in what God has given us today. You know, he's always given us a fresh word. And so we're going to add in uh, what he has for us today. And we want to share it with you because as we come out of this winter season and we're heading into spring, I know we're all kind of thinking about and watching for things that will be growing around us. I don't know about um, our listeners, Debbie, but one of the things so many people did during the season of COVID was um, start gardens, right? People started being home more. They started to have gardens. And we talked a lot about planting seeds and planting gardens in that time. So we're going to kind of tackle some of those same topics now because the Bible refers to growth and growing and plants an awful lot. And we are excited to see what he has to say to us in this season about growing as well. Well, so much, Laura, about uh, growth took place in the environment that you had to grow. So this past year, you're talking about COVID. It was an environment that changed a lot of the way we did life. And as we, we're not out of it yet, but as we are looking back to, it is a year now that we went into mm-hmm. lockdown. I, I know for myself personally, there were so many specific areas that were forced to grow this year. I didn't have a choice because of the environment that we were in and how you respond to those environments and how you grow. Um, it really depends on uh, the way you are speaking about the environment. You could talk about what a hor- horrific year it was and in many people's lives it was, but if you are speaking and I've got to write, this is a hard season, but I know that you have something good for me in it. I think it opens the door for you to be able to grow much better knowing that God allows things so that we can grow for our good. So we're going to be looking today specifically about some of the um, 
factors that go into our environment for growing, and it comes down to the words that were spoken over us in our lifetime, starting as young children, you know, all the way through our adult years now. I think of all the years that I spent teaching kids uh, in ministry at church, you know, those young kids, those young ages, the words that parents and teachers and coaches, people with influence or authority in a kid's life, those words held so much um, power in the life of the child in those formative years. I think of some of the things that, you know, I still remember that made me feel kind of badly about myself. You know, they were spoken to me by a kid on a playground. Mm. They were spoken by a teacher who probably was just super tired, super frustrated. And the words that came out uh, just stuck with me. But when you are an adult, the words still have a great impact in your life. And, and so the words, whether they are negative or whether they are positive, they are creating an environment for growth. If they're positive words, the growth will be positive. If they are negative words, they will either stunt healthy growth or they will encourage areas of growth that are just destructive, that will end up growing things that you don't want to see growing in your life. Absolutely. I think we've all experienced it on both sides, right? We've already all had people speak words to us that might stunt our growth or keep us from pursuing something that we were maybe intending on pursuing, or people have spoken words to us that have kind of been a cheerleader in order to encourage us for where we're going. So Debbie, question for you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever spoken to your plants? Uh, Laura, I absolutely have. <laughs> you I, abs- have. I absolutely have. And as I st- will share in a little bit, <laughs> I um, I made some comments to some plants for years yeah. that I would pick every spring. I would go to the, our local Richardson's um, lawn and garden place and I would have my credit card in hand and I would look at the plants. I honestly looked at the plants. <laughs> and in fact, the year we, we did grow beyond, I had my credit card in my hand and I looked down at you know, I don't know how many plants I was buying, a whole bunch of them. And I spoke to them very <laughs> softly because I was embarrassed to admit it. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, you get to come home with me, which means you've just shortened your lifespan oh, no. to July. Oh, no. Okay, well, I, that makes me laugh. And I, I wasn't necessarily expecting to laugh that hard on that answer, but that really does make me laugh. I was looking up... Um, some studies on speaking to plants when I was realizing where our topic was going. And I saw that a show, boy, an old show called Mythbusters. That was had, the best. That's was the best show. Well, I actually think I remember watching this one at one time, but as I was watching it on YouTube again, and you know, you can go to YouTube and check it out. But the people on Mythbusters did a, a whole show on the effect of talking to your plants. And it was really interesting. They took pea plants and they took 60 different pea plants and they actually built, I mean, they really went all in. They built multiple greenhouses. And in these greenhouses, they put the 60 plants, they divided them in three. So 20 plants in each greenhouse. The conditions were all the same, right? They were all in the same pot. They all had the same soil. The greenhouses were all at the same temperature. It was all planted on the same day. Like every uh, factor that could go into growing a plant was exactly the same. So you would expect that every plant would grow exactly the same way. But 
they changed one factor. In one third, uh, for one third of the plants, they would go into the greenhouse and they would speak over these plants uh, positive words like, you're so beautiful. And honestly, you can watch the YouTube, but they really were going, you know, super, super positive. You're so beautiful. I love you so much. You're going to grow so big and strong. All of these kinds of things. Just speaking life into these plants. In the third greenhouse, they went in, and man, this was sad to watch, but they were really speaking negative words over that third of the plants, like those 20 plants, like, like you're the worst plant that ever existed, you're never going to grow, your dirt's going to be bad, you know, what do you think you're doing, you're never going to bear fruit, like all these horrible, horrible things over the second third. And then over the third third of the last, um, the last greenhouse, nobody said anything. So you got negative words, you got positive words, and then you got complete silence. Now, it's interesting when they went back, and it's just so much fun to watch the results for something like this, but the first two uh, greenhouses where there were negative words and positive words, so there were words at all, right? Those plants grew more than the plant that was in complete silence. So I guess, you know, Deb, at least you were talking to your plant, right? But when they went back and they looked at the two plants that had words spoken over them, I mean, really, you can see like the plants that had the positive words spoken over them, not only were they growing because both, all three were growing, but the plants that had positive words spoken over them, they were thriving. And you know, Debbie, the thing that I thought was the most amazing was, you know, plants go up, right? Obviously toward the sun, these plants were going up, but the plants that were in the greenhouse where positive words were spoken had new branches coming out that were going toward the greenhouse. You know how pea plants do this, right? Or green bean plants do this. And they were wrapping around the greenhouse. So they were stretching out too, right? They weren't just staying in their own uh, pot. They were stretching out to become bigger and have their, you know, their span go wider. I don't know. We could go all over the place with that right there. But it's just so amazing to see that the extreme growth and the plants that actually didn't grow up, but they also grew out were the ones who were had encouraging positive words spoken over them. Now, if anybody is really into this and wants to speak to their plants, there are multiple YouTube videos out there that encourage, you know, show you how to use encouraging words to speak to your plants for maximum growth. Maybe we can use that as we're going into this growing season, getting ready to plant our gardens in the summer. You know, the words and nature God, God himself talks about um, combining these two things in Psalms 96, 12, it says, let the fields and the crops, their crops burst out mm. with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Mm. I think of another scripture too, where he's talking about, if you're not going to worship me, even the rocks Amen. will cry out. So the praise and worship is such a big deal to God. You see it in nature. Amen. And you know what? When you were reading that passage, all I could think about was what did God say when he looked at the fields and when he looked at the trees? What did he say? It was good. Genesis 1. It It is good. good. Yeah. God speaks positive words over creation. He speaks positive words over us. And therefore, we can take it. The The fields and the crops are bursting out with joy and the trees are singing for joy because someone has spoken positive. God has spoken positive words over them. Think of the value that he places on you. I mean, he spoke over the fields and the fish and everything he created said it was good. But what were his words about mankind? Mm -hmm. You're very good. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's, you're the extra secret sauce. Yeah. You, know, you are very, very good. And that's, that's his, right. that was his initial reaction. Yes. You know, when he looked at like each of us, as well as those that drive us nuts. Mm-hmm. God's looking at them too. And he's saying, you're yes. very good. Yes, yes, yes. Creating his image. So those, those words are, man, it, cr- it does create an environment for growth spiritually and emotionally. You can just grow better when you feel like, uh, God is cheering for you and his creation is cheering for you. That's right. Somebody's on your side. I think we've all been, you know, in examples. I know for me, going back to this thing with the plants, I mean, right now, Laura, <laughs> honestly, there's not one living thing in my house except for my dogs <laughs> and my husband and I. Because uh, I'm not, I'm just not Susie Homemaker. All right. It's just, <laughs> I really don't bake and I really don't like thrive on plants. But the year, all these years that I struggled with the plants, and I will buy all my plants for the deck again. I will be <laughs> back there with my credit card. Um, year, you know, years ago, somebody made a comment. It was very small. I don't think, and I know their heart. They weren't trying to be mean, but I had a plant that was very wilted, very awful looking in my house. It was a live plant, and somebody criticized me about it. Mm. There, you know, something negative about my lack of ability to grow plants. And I think they even said that maybe all of my plants should come from Marshalls. Um, <laughs> something, something like that. But something in that resonated with me. And I just mm-hmm. began to say, I can't grow plants. I mean, and you and I laugh because you've known me a long time and you've heard me say that over the yes. years. Yes, well, yes, yes. I don't bake and I yep. don't, you know. That's right. That's I right. Don't, I'm not good with plants, not in a garden, like none of that. Yep. And so this particular year when we did grow beyond, I, I, you know, I'm standing there at Richardson's and this is about, I don't know, six months away from the conference. And um, we knew the topic was grow beyond. And I had just spoken to these plants and told them that they were doomed, right? These poor plants were doomed. (laughs) And, um, also, I remember the sign at Richardson said that all our plants are happy and healthy when they leave. This oh, place. I love it! And I remember laughing, thinking, "So long, boy." You know, it's like that's not going to happen. I love it. But I remember, you know, all it takes is a word. It just takes a word that is spoken that can turn the yep. ship around. And standing there, as soon as I spoke to the plants, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, and He said, "Debbie, I am going to teach you about growing." And he said, Debbie Mm. Kiever, you are going to grow healthy flowers. And these plants are actually going to be alive in October for the Beyond Conference. And I thought, oh, no. Wow. Wow. And I I answered him. I'm like, that's impossible. Right. (laughs) Because they will be dead by July. And then, you know, another word from the Holy Spirit. He said, stop allowing your past to define who you are today and who you will become. Mm. Just that simple new word, new perspective from the Holy Spirit. It actually, well, it put terror in my heart that I actually <laughs> was alive, but it yeah. brought courage mm. because now I'm getting it. He's, you know, stop allowing your past to define who you are today mm. and who you're going to become because somebody had told me that I stink at raising plants. Yep. yep. And so I put hope in my heart. Like maybe I can actually you know, raise plants. And so the negative something that somebody placed in my heart was reversed. Yep. 
even though I was nervous, I was really scared about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt a lot of pressure, right? Like, what if I fail? Yep. But the positive word of the Holy Spirit, the truth that God spoke in my heart, set me on a trajectory to be able to change my mindset. Amen. And I think that's really where we're going to be sharing a lot uh, in these next two months is, you know, whose words are we going to believe? And when Mm -hmm. we have those affirmation, those words of affirmation from, you know, our father, we certainly are going to be changed and be those plants that are in the greenhouse. Debbie, one of the things I noticed about you in that season where you were growing those plants was (laughs) um, your intentionality on recording and watering You know, and I think that maybe we can even bring that to our words. Let's let's say someone hanging around with us, you know, looks a little wilted, right? Or isn't in a, in a strong place. What we're going to talk about today, what we're going to talk about for the next two months is that our words can encourage and build up. And here you've got um, these plants that you, you took pictures of and you, I did. What, you kept notes on. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep you alive. It was a very intentional day by day, uh, knowing what you had to do in order for these plants to survive. Well, that was the scary part. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, like right. I did, I did not know right. what to do. And but because I said yes, yes, okay, I will do this. Yes, he began to like. I had no idea that neighbors wow. down the street would start sharing information wow. out of the blue. I didn't even yes, ask I about remember. it. That's so right. God provided everything I needed, the tools mm. to learn. But let's just be honest, I. I didn't have a clue. I <laughs> so was, there you go. I was I was killing things, doing the best of my ability before. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't yeah. have a lot of confidence. So there you go. You know, sometimes we just need to say that yes, and we'll do what he says to do. I think just like you were just sharing that, uh, you know, negative impact of somebody speaking, even something just in jest or, you know, a well-meaning person just saying something, you know, in jest. Uh, you know, how words can really stop us from doing what we might be called to do or what we enjoy doing or what we could be doing. Um, it's it's the opposite too, right? There's words that are spoken over us that encourage us. Now, I don't know where it all came from in my life, but, you know, years and years and years ago, I guess somebody spoke or I decided that I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I just was somebody who didn't have the ability to talk, even in a small group. And um, I remember when I was in my 40s, and I felt like God was calling me into ministry, my husband started speaking life over me, you know, like, Laura, you need to pursue this, you need to go to Bible school, you know, you need to teach, you need to speak. And oh, I was (laughs) like, no way. And here he was, I guess this is like the plant, like the plant has to receive it too, right? Here's all these words being spoken over me. And I was like, absolutely not, no way. And then uh, one day, the pastor at our church at that time, you know, Steve Trader, he, he, sat me down in his office and he said, um, you need to start speaking. Like you need to start speaking the word of God and you need to go to Bible school. You need to become a pastor. And I remember being like, like those positive words, they were like a breath of fresh air to me. And they just spoke life into me. And I got up from that desk or that table. I walked out of that building and I was like, God has got this. We are going to do this. I'm going to Bible school. I'm going to follow God's call on my life. And I called out my husband right away. And I was like, you're not going to believe what Pastor Steve just said. <laughs> I was like, He said I should go to Bible school. And he says, you know, I, he, he sees that I have the gift to speak words. And, and my husband honestly was like, uh, I've been telling you that for how long? <laughs> you know, I think 
maybe words reaffirming what people have said. You know, never feel like if you're supposed to speak something that somebody else may have already spoken it. It was that uh, multiple times of hearing it, and it just had to come from that one voice that really put me in a place where uh, there was a breath of fresh air, and really it spoke life to a place that I never, ever thought that I could be a part of ever in my life. Words, it's just amazing, Debbie. I mean, again, we know it's... They, they speak life or they speak death. I am laughing because in our, in my marriage, um, my husband supported, you know, like uh, teaching and, and returning to Bible college. My dad had mentioned it um, over the years, you know, mm. that maybe I had a physical therapy degree. So I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even go to a Bible, like a Christian yeah. school, any kind of Christian school in a high school or college. And then it was also Pastor Steve Trader, same thing. Wow. He's like, when are you going to do this? Wow. Like, and I looked at him and he asked me over a number of years and I'm like, what? You know, wow. like, like I'm working, I'm a therapist yeah. and, wow. and I love my job, but he said, I think you need to do this. So, mm. so you're saying, it's just funny because we sat at the same table and that the is same interesting. pastor spoke the same yep. encouraging word, you know, Proverbs, um, 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. I mean, that's two strong contrasts, two opposites. Yep. And so the that small tongue, as James 3 says, right? It's such a small thing, like the tiny bit in the mouth of a horse or the small rudder on a huge ship. That small tongue can change the course of the direction of your life where you're going. Mm-hmm. And so are you, are we speaking words into other people? whether it's intentional to harm or not, that that end up being positive, life-changing, or are they negative? Something yep. so tiny and yet so powerful. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's not just we've been talking a little bit about uh, the words that other people might speak over us or we need to be careful about what we speak over other people. Um, but I find myself, to be very honest with you, uh, I don't know that I have a lot of people who speak negative words over me. And I really probably don't need that because I speak negative words over myself, <laughs> like more than I need to. It's it's interesting. Sometimes we are our own um, worst uh, enemy when it comes to negative words. We can, I mean, we talk about comparison all the time in the world anymore, right? Everybody's looking at something on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot. We see people walking down the street. We look at what other people have, all these kinds of things. Somebody doesn't even have to speak a negative word uh, to us. All we have to do is just see somebody else's situation, uh, what they look like, what they're doing, and we start to tell ourselves um, things that may be even worse than somebody else might tell us on their own. And what happens, I find with myself, is when I start uh, speaking negative words to myself, you know, I don't just say it once. Like, it's interesting. The person who told you about the plants from Marshalls, they probably didn't stand in your house and just go like, you should buy your plants from Marshalls. You should buy your plants from Marshalls. You should buy your plants from Marshalls, right? But when we... when we are saying negative things to ourselves, wow, it's like, I, I, I kill plants. I kill plants. I kill mm-hmm. plants. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And so um, we don't always need someone else to tell us some of the things. Like, we can plant a seed in our own minds and we can run with it. And I often think about this too, you know, the enemy doesn't need to uh, keep uh, attacking us sometimes for a long time. All he has to do is plant a seed. We pick it up. 
we put it in our minds and he can go on to the next person because we're going to take it from there. You know, so we can we can think all these negative thoughts on ourselves. All of these things are going to keep us from growing because we're saying our own negative things, our own words of death to ourselves will keep us from thriving like those plants in the first greenhouse. You know what you're focusing on gets bigger. It Mm -hmm. grows. It grows. Yeah, right. That's right. And when we when you do hear that word that's spoken over you, if you don't challenge it. If you don't really say, is it true? Is that true? That's is that a true statement? Yep. Um, we we can get sucked into just believing it. I remember, you know, that person said it to me, and now every time I looked at my plants, I looked and went, "Oh, you're pitiful. Oh, you're pitiful, right?" <laughs> right. Or I would go to somebody else's house and go, "Oh, look at their plants. Yes, yes, and yes. They're they're real plants, right? They're yes. real plants. I could never do that, and so." I had not challenged what that person had said. You know, I should have said something like, you know, this is an area that I am not strong in. And I'm, I was not created to kill plants. I was created for life. And so maybe I should learn how to do this. But because I didn't stop and challenge what they said, it became um, a self-perpetuating words that I began to say all over and over again. And it became my reality. You know, when I look back on that, Laura, I think, why did I, why was I so quick to say, oh, you know, I kill plants? Probably because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to be seen as a failure. And so if I put that disclaimer out there Mm. that you show up at my house and I have this dead plant in the corner, I just say I kill plants as opposed to owning Mm. You know, maybe I should have done something about it. Right, it becomes right. a stronghold in the way you think. Right. It, whether it's true or not, it becomes a stronghold. And what, you're, what you believe to be about your, yourself as true, it dictates your behavior. And it's really hard to grow and, and see accomplishment and see improvement when you're stuck in a stronghold of your thinking that you cannot get out. I think back to when we did Frozen, you know, in the wintertime. Yes. You're frozen in a mindset. Yep. I, abso- I absolutely was frozen in a mindset, and God had to uh, redirect where I was going to choose, what I was going to choose to believe and how I was going to live it out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was also preparing, uh, just reading a little bit about growth for this uh, new series that we're doing, I remember looking at a a paper that somebody had written um, for Psychology Today. And it really said in there that when a negative word is spoken over you, there is an alarm in your brain that will go off. And and you start to receive with that alarm that goes off, those words go in and you start to behave as if they are exactly what you said. You know, it's a, it's a psychological truth that goes along, you know, just showing the the truth of what we're talking about here you know we can get stuck and like you just said we don't want to we don't want to stay there so if we can get stuck in this place you know how do we combat these negative words how do we get out of this cycle how do we become you know people individuals who speak words of life uh, rather than words of death and how do we also become people who receive words of life and reject words of death. And I think that's really where it's got to be, you know, got to reject what's spoken that's not true. You know, 
physically go back to the Mythbusters. If you are, you know, one of those plants in the greenhouse where everybody, you know, is not doing so well and the negative words are being spoken, it's kind of like you just wish somebody would take those plants out of that that greenhouse. And I think when you when you think about our situations, we can some some of the situations we can't necessarily physically take ourselves out of where there might be a negative word. Somebody comes into your house and tells you something about the way you raise plants. I mean, you can't you can't get away from that at that moment, but you can learn how to remove yourself emotionally or mentally from being tied to the places where the words are trying to impact you. The other day I was in the the Bible and I was reading in John um, 8, and I love reading different translations. This was in the Passion Translation, and I wish I could remember what verse it was, but Jesus is talking about his relationship to the Father, and he says um, this one sentence that I think is so beautiful, and I just, I've been applying it to my life every day since I read this, uh, this line, and Jesus says, about the Father, he says, I have fully embraced him. And I treasure his every word. And when I was thinking about how do we combat the negative words spoken over us, I think that Jesus's words here about the Father are a great place to start. Because if we are fully embracing the Father, that means that we are getting very close to the Father, right? And the closer we are to the light, the more the darkness is exposed. So if we are fully embracing the Father, then we are going to be in a place where there is going to be a highlight on these dark words, words that speak death, when they come close to us. The closer we are to the Father, the more we have our security in Him, the more we understand the truth of what He says about us, um, we are able to combat because all of a sudden, the closer we are to the Father, we know that that's where we realize that that's where the real value is in anything. And all of these other things that might be spoken against us, they don't they don't count. They don't matter as much because we are fully embracing the Father. And really, if we take this to Jesus's walk, an awful lot of times people spoke poorly about him, right? Those words didn't speak death over him. He fully embraced the Father. And all of those words became naught because he was in that relationship with the father. You know, I get this picture even as you're speaking of a, a child that goes out on the playground and plays. And there's there's uh, words that are spoken to that child, kind of like slinging mud that sticks on the, on the child. And the importance of going back to the parent regularly mm. and saying, Mom, does this, is this true about me? Mm. You know, should this be sticking? And, and as a parent, just wipe, nope, that's not true. And, mm. and I just begin to bathe them in truth. This mm. is, this is how God's created you. These are, um, these are why you're so valuable to me. And you're coding your child in truth statements so that the next time they go out on the playground, because they are, covered with truth or protected by truth yep. the mud that will get slung on them again yep. it slides off yep and so how when jesus knew what he was talking about when he said we need to be abiding you know we need to stay connected to the father because the more we spend time with him we learn to recognize it's his voice that's speaking to us that's both right. by the holy spirit and by his word it's that protective shell around our thinking. It's that protective shell around our heart. It doesn't mean people aren't going to throw the negative at us. It will not stick. That's right. Because it'll slide off because we will recognize it right away yep. as what you just said. It's not only nasty, but it's not true. Right. That's right. You know, but if we don't spend that time with him, we don't treasure that relationship. We don't know what his word says. Man, it sticks. 
Yep. And then we, we still can challenge it, but it's harder to get that off of you because it, it embeds in your emotions and in, in the places where you have cracks like built by doubt mm-hmm. or, or past hurts, you know, they kind of become like a crevice for the enemy to put his lies in there. So we do need to abide with him and keep our hearts and our minds covered in the word of God. And it really protects us in Second Corinthians ten five. It's that scripture that says we need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's yeah. like I just was criticized by somebody. Somebody just spoke poorly about me. I run to the Father and I say, is this true? Is this consistent with what you have declared about me in your word? Because your opinion, Father, matters the most. And if it doesn't line up, then I need to reject it. It's not true. I'm not rejecting the person, but I'm saying, you know what? I heard what you said, but it's not true, and I'm not embracing it. I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to fully embrace him. I'm going to embrace his word and not what the person just said. Now, the challenge with this is these negative thoughts, a lot of times they're they're coming with wounding, with anger. Whenever there's a strong emotion with it, it wants to embed those thoughts even deeper. And when we... You know, whether we are speaking negative things with some heat, you know, some passion behind it, or we're on the receiving end of it, there you need a lot more positive to be able to um, minimize the effect of the negative. I've seen studies where it's three times. I've seen it seven times. Like, you know, I need I need seven positive comments to negate the yes, power yes, of yes. one negative. I mean, it's easy to think about that. You go back into your childhood, like, tell me 10, 10, you know, great things people have said about you. Tell me um, 20 negative things people have said about you. It's so easy to run to the negative because that's the stuff that has been embedded. So we really need to spend that time in the words so that we can have a protective covering around our heart and our mind. Absolutely. You know, as we wrap up today, um, I just want to focus on Ephesians 4.29 because we've been spending a lot of time today talking about the words that are spoken over us, right? People have spoken words of life over us or they've spoken words of death over us and how we are to respond to that. But I think it's also critical that we remember that we have mouths too, right? And we have words too, and we definitely want to make sure that we are speaking life and speaking words that are affirming people and pointing people back to the word. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I read that and I'm challenged to stop, pause, think, wait, right? Before I have a word come out of my mouth reread maybe two or three times emails before they get sent read probably five six seven or eight times uh again and again posts before i post them and really make sure that what comes out of my mouth is good for building up fits the occasion and gives grace to those who are going to hear it. Because we want to be agents of life. We want to speak life to people. Now, there are times where we have to have challenging conversations, you know, where things aren't going right in a relationship, and we need to address some things with somebody that we're in a relationship with. 
when we even have those conversations, we still go back to Ephesians 4.29. In challenging times where maybe you need to address a topic with somebody else, and we pray that when people have to address topics with us, it's the same thing. But when we have to address a topic um, with somebody else, even in a hard topic, no corrupting talk should come out, should come out of our mouths, right? Even when we have to um, make somebody aware of something that they've done that's hurt us, we should still be speak speaking words that are good for building up. Even challenging conversations, they're never to tear down the other person. Challenging conversations are always intended for us to build each other up. I know the times that I've had conversations like this with people or people have had conversations like this with me. I know that I have been grateful for what has been brought to the surface and it was done in such a way that I felt like it was good for me and it was growing me and um, that I was receiving a whole lot of grace in it. So in that same way, when I have to have a conversation, you can talk about parents and kids, you can talk about friends, people that might have offended you. We should all leave a table like that feeling like there was a whole lot of grace at that table, that everything that came out in out of our mouths was for building up. It fit the moment that we were in and really that there was grace um, all the way around. It all goes back to the fact that we can be agents of growth for someone else and someone else can be an agent of growth for us. And I think what's the Bible say? Like encourage one another daily, right? We should be agents of growth, speaking life into each other. And can you imagine, Deb, if we all really took Ephesians 4.29 seriously, if we all lived out Ephesians 4.29, our world, our relationships, our families, our homes would all look so different. So different, yeah. I'm really challenged by that. Just even reading that verse, um, does everything that comes out of my mouth build other people up, even the hard stuff? Does it fit the occasion, right? Or am I just jumping into something? And is it seasoned with grace um, for the person that's supposed to hear it? And I pray that that's how people would respond to me as well. I think one of the things that uh, is challenging in the season that we are living in is so many more words are being spoken uh, to over technology, mm-hmm. as opposed to a, an actual voice, an actual face-to-face. Well, that's kind of limited right now anyway, but at least Zoom to Zoom, right? <laughs> Where you can see facial expressions and and hear a tone of a voice. Right. You can you can sense whether somebody is speaking out of compassion or irritation. Yep. And and the land of emojis and what was your emoji saying? I can't believe you posted that with an angry face and and honestly it was because I didn't have my glasses on. And, right. You know, or the other right. common the other common answer, Oh, I have fat fingers, you know. I Right, the, right, right, right. It's it, we have to be extra careful about that. And it mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt us to go back to the phone call, yes, you know, right, or to, right. to look for a way to be able to communicate in a way that you can see someone's face, right? You know, at least for the hard things. Yep. At least for the hard things, don't try to quote set somebody straight. Yep. You know, on a Facebook post or a text, because yep. the chances are it's not going to be perceived with the heart that it was intended. Yep. Unless you put a whole lot of emojis, you know, that are <laughs> consistently mean, you know, that would make a clear message. Well, Laura, I, I, I could tell you, I'm real excited. Even as we are recording this in February in anticipation for March, because it, I'm like about two months away now, three months away from Richardson's. And <laughs> and there was a thought, there was a thought in my head. Um, 
wow, I have to do this again. Mm, wow. <laughs> and God's like, yeah, we're going to do this again and, yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's why awesome. because I've walked through it and I learned that's the right. important things. And so over the over this coming month, we're going to really be focusing on create what that environment looks like mm. for growth. Um, analogies through plants. Yes, you know the the Word of God is full of such great scripture about uh, life. What brings life? And uh, next week, we're going to be looking at Psalm 1 as everything's got to come out of the word, right? Everything's got to have the foundation in the word. And so we're going to be just focusing, sitting right there in Psalm 1 um, to lay some really strong foundation to kick us off for this month. So we are so grateful that you have joined us uh, for this episode, this podcast on Grow uh, as we are getting started on a new season of podcasts really for the next two months. We would love to hear your ideas. Your, uh, I think there's a lot of plant growers. There are some gardeners yeah. out there who have some good tips. <laughs> That's and, right. And I'm the first to stand in line and say, man, right. I need all the advice I can get. Bring them. Yeah. So you can email us at beyondwomensconference.gmail.com if you have any uh, things that you would like us to be praying for, any topics that you love to hear about. We'd love to hear from you on our, on our Facebook page too. As you see each podcast come out, man, put it in the chat, things that you are, that resonate with you. Um, tell us your stories. I mean, come on now, let's see some pictures of your plants. And, um, <laughs> and I promise to put some pictures of my plants this year, occasionally out there to let you know that I'm going to live what I'm teaching. Right? There you go. I'm That's going, right. Oh, that just makes me nervous as I say that. But I can do it. There's going to be a new, <laughs> there's going to be a new statement coming out of my That's mouth right. this year. <laughs> so That's if you, so as you are enjoying listening to these podcasts, we always welcome you to share them on your page, get the word out there because we love building the community to encourage one another. So from Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We love you. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you and God bless you. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.